Thank you, Catherine, for leading us in prayer. Praise the Lord team that is logged on this morning. It's a, it's a joy for us to fellowship in this space in the presence of the Lord. Uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, wherever you are. Let's start 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I know there are people who are driving to work now. There are those that are already at work. Uh, we are in different spaces, but if, if uh, your environment allows you, turn to chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. This morning, our focus is the right foundation for Christian living, the right foundation for Christian living. And uh, I'm going to ask that we read chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians. I will read it for us. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are fellow workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it, but each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, wood hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God, God's spirit lives among you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. 
all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All are yours and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. The word of the Lord, the right foundation for living, the right foundation for Christian living. Uh, so to bring us up to speed, in, Paul returns to the problem of divisions in the church at Corinth. You notice that he addressed this problem in the first chapter. And in this chapter, he brings it up again, which means it was a big issue in the, in the church at Corinth that was destroying the foundation for their life, the foundation for their Christianity. And because it was becoming an issue and therefore becoming a problem, Paul uh, picks up the same issue uh, shortly after he has addressed it. Uh, and so he wants them to have a, pro a proper view of who God is, who ministers of God are, and how they are to relate, how those are to work together. And by way of, you know, kickstarting us, he urges them to build their lives on the right foundation, on the true foundation, because the only way we can live truly on the true foundation is if we plug into the right foundation. And so that's the, he wants them to start that way. And the first thing he addresses is we are God's fellow workers. We are God's fellow workers. And the first nine verses really address that. Verse one to three says, brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as one the mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like me, amen? So the jealousy and the quarreling uh, that is revealed within the church is just a symbol of the spiritual status of the believers. These are just signs that they are not spiritual, they are worldly. They, they, Rather than being believers, they are being worldly by picking on worldly attributes or traits. You know, they are acting like unbelievers, yet they are believers. And that's something to be concerned about when you cannot have the right foundation and you are still living like one who is not established on that foundation. It's a concern for Paul, it is a pastoral concern a shepherd concern that the church he pioneered has now gone off the true foundation and is focusing on what actually the world focuses on. They were building, uh, they, they, they had become spiritually immature and that is not to be ignored. That is to be addressed. The things that are happening in the church at Corinth are childish, you know, arguing with others, you know, it's a sign of immaturity. It's, it's, a, it's not a sign of knowing <laughs> when you argue, you know, with fellow believers and arguments are geared towards winning. That's not a sign of knowing. That's not a sign of knowledge. That's not a sign of uh, being, you know, better spiritually. It's a sign of immaturity. You are childish. And the Bible calls us to be childlike, but not childish. Amen.
Because child likes to be humble, which is good and it's okay. We are encouraged to be humble, childlike. But to be childish is to be selfish. It's, it's to be spiritually immature. You are self-centered. You are selfish. You, you like children fighting for things small and big, calling each other names. And, you know, that's being childish. And we are not called to be childish. When you are childish, then you have to check your foundation. You have to check and interrogate whether you are still plugged into Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. So, and childish Christians often complain, criticize, quarrel, and you know, they, they end up being a burden to those around them rather than being a blessing. And that's why Paul is challenging it that the people of God are going to end up being a burden instead of being a blessing. And if your foundation is not on Christ, I can assure you, regardless of how long you have been claiming to be a believer, you become a burden as opposed to being a blessing. So we have to grow spiritually because if we do not, there is a danger of being adult children. I don't know whether it's something like that. Adult adolescent. You are, you are 60 years, but you are behaving like a young boy who recently changed his voice. You are, you know, 55 years, but behaving like a girl who just, you know, saw breasts growing. Adult adolescent, adult child. You, we, Paul knows how serious this issue is and is not going to leave it. And so he specifically addresses the issue, particularly in verse 4 to verse 7, when he says, For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not near men? What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only the servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. And let me say four things and I close. Number one, it is important to know that it is all about God. It is all about God. It is God who makes things grow. God used Paul and Apollos as gospel servants, it is through them that the Christians, uh, the Corinthians, be, you know, became believers in Christ. Paul planted the gospel. You know, he planted the seed. He was the pioneer of that church at Corinth. But it was not just about Paul. Apollos came, and uh, he came as another leader. When he came, he watered, uh, you know, the seed that Paul had planted. Uh, he, you know, he, he, he played his part. He continued the great ministry. The ministry started thriving, uh, you know, by preaching, by teaching, and many other things. It's possible that he was more charismatic than Paul. That's no problem. The point is, he could not have done anything if Paul had not sold the seed. So rather than, rather than think about who did what, it's important for them to know that no matter who does what they do, it is all about God. It is for God's glory. It is God who made it grow. It is God's sovereign choice and power that gives anyone ability to do anything. So both physical and spiritual life, it is God who decides 
is God who gives the right for us to become children of God. It is not the preacher, it is not the evangelist, it is God who gives the power. And that's important. So right living, the right foundation for living is acknowledging that it is about God. Just in case you attempted to think it's about Reverend Gerald, about Reverend so-and-so, it is about God. It is for God's glory. But secondly, it is important. It is important for us to be co-workers. It is important as believers, as children of God, to work together. It is important. I wish I had better words to explain it. It is Paul and Apollos were different in ministry granted. We can't take it away from them. They were gifted differently, maybe in character, in personality, in influence, but they were not competitors. They were not, they each did their assigned task given to them by God. Please listen. It is God who gave the task and they did their tasks excellently for the glory of God. They were not competing with each other. They were not gathering followers for themselves. They did, they each did the task as God assigned it. And so Paul planted and Apollos watered. It, it, God blessed their labor together. God blessed the work of Paul because the church was indeed established. And God blessed the work of Apollos because the church grew. And that's very important. And like a football team or any other sport, they cannot, we, no team can, can depend on a standout player. They also need other players. We cannot win when we just work alone. So in God's work, there is no one man show. Can I say that again? In God's work, there is no one man's show. Paul and Apollos were on the same team, hallelujah. The Corinthians were taking sides and, you know, making them competitors, and Paul has to address it. It is not true. It is a wrong foundation, you know. It is worldly. It is childish, you know. How, and many times, I must say, we are caught up in this trap. We often forget that it's about God. We often forget that we are co-workers and not competitors. You know, we, we, we get envious sometimes and begin to compete with others. We want everything to be about us. We want to run this show by ourselves. And I want us to examine ourselves this morning and our hearts and our lives and repent of such attitudes. Attitudes of thinking, without me, it can't work. Attitudes of thinking that it's me who does it. It hinders God's work. It hinders, it is anti-progress. Thinking everything, every attention must be about me. We have to remember that we are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And God has designed us uniquely and differently, but we are on the same team. So co-working in Jesus may not be easy, I have to acknowledge. Uh, you know, one person thinks I can give my life for Jesus, but I cannot work with so and so. That's that's not godly. That's not godly. It's, it should be avoided. Psalm 133, we know it. Many times we quote it. How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. You know, and it ends by saying, for there, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Praise the Lord.
So it's all about God. We are to co-work together as believers. But thirdly, there is good news that we will each be rewarded. We will each be rewarded. Look at verse 8. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded. But the word I want, I don't want you to miss is according to his own labor. We are all going to be rewarded, but according to our own labor. So teamwork, therefore, does not negate our individual work. Working, being co-workers, working as a team, does not negate, does not compromise the need for individual effort in the area where God has assigned you and gifted you. And God is going to reward each according to their labor. You know, uh, while I went to university, we, we, we used to receive, you know, group assignments. And you'll be a group of five people. And um, there is one time I, group members, uh, you know, they gave us an assignment and the deadline was growing closer. And, uh, you know, we were not working on the assignment. And when I tried to complain to the team, uh, you know, they were not serious. And one time I overhear one of them telling the other, no, we, we shouldn't in Uganda. Generally, that's to literally say, Gerald will not allow to fail. He will do those things. So in other words, we don't have to struggle. That guy is going to do the work and he will put our names and we all receive the marks. There are people who think, who bring that attitude in the ministry. They know so and so is going to pray. They know so and so is going to do everything and uh, somehow the conference will go ahead. Somehow the service will go ahead. Somehow this work will, it is, it is not right. And if you are serving among these people with such an attitude, I want to encourage you that God will eventually reward your labor. The blessing is according to our faithfulness. And I want to encourage you not to give up. God rewards those who honestly seek him, those who honestly seek the Lord without getting tired. God is a rewarder. And so there's a reward for you from the Lord this morning for honestly seeking the Lord. Hallelujah. So sometimes we are discouraged when our, our tasks don't seem to be as glorious compared to other people's tasks. Maybe our tasks are not um, podium tasks. They are not pulpit tasks. We don't come out of the crowd to be seen. Uh, I want to encourage you that regardless of what you're doing, if it is for the Lord, it will be rewarded. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to do the sowing. It is, for us preachers, uh, the glorious time is when people respond to the teaching, when people respond you know, to the altar call. When you plant seeds and people don't seem to respond, you don't seem to see impact, you are a bit discouraged. But when you come up and make an altar call, those of you who want to get born again, please come. And the, all the corridors are walking towards the altar. Oh, you want to fly. You, are, you know, but I want to say to you, whether you are planting seed or reaping whatever place you are at, it is attracting a reward 
and God will bless you. And so the foundation, the right foundation for living is for us to remember that our master will actually reward us. So we work knowing that our labor is not in vain. If you work thinking you're losing time, losing resources, that's a wrong foundation. That's a wrong foundation. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ who you are serving. Hallelujah. And verse 9 of the chapter we read, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field and God's building, you know. He has chosen us to be his hands and his feet and his mouth and his hearts to participate in this glorious eternal work as fellow workers. And yet, there is a detail there I want you to pay attention to, that we are God's field, God's building. This means that God is working in us. So as we work, we must remember that we are God's building. I like it how it is put in this in this passage, we are God's field, God's building. So God is also working within us, hallelujah. So we are working progress. We still have issues of anger sometimes. We take 10 steps forward, we take two backwards. We, we are working progress. We are God's building, we are God's field. You know, God has not abandoned us. He has not worked on us and finished us and placed us on the shelf. He's still working with us every day. And so even as we interact with fellow believers, we must remember that they too are God's building, and so God is working in them. They are not yet the perfect people that we want them to be. They are still working progress, just as we are. And so we should be patient with one another. We're patient with one another, you know. And I thank God for the people who worked in my life when I, you know, that helped me be convert, converted into a believer. I remember at high school, in senior five, that SU committee that worked tirelessly to help us. Some of them, I don't know where they are, but they played a significant role of sowing seeds in me that eventually grew into bearing fruit. I am forever grateful for them. May God bless them wherever they are. There are people who saw me in the church as a younger me, and they were patient with me. Sometimes I wonder why Canon Sam Tumwesje even gave me the pulpit in Nagur to preach. When I remember that sermon, I want to cry. I want to bleed it from the mind, but he gave me an opportunity anyway. And look, work in progress. I am not yet where I want to be, but I am certainly not where I was. I am, God is working on this building, hallelujah. And finally to say, it is to build on the already built, the true foundation who is Jesus Christ. Build on Jesus, the true foundation. Look at verse 10 and 11, by the grace God has given me, I laid the foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Think about that one. Each one should be careful how he builds. It's possible for us to build 
but build wrongly. So Paul shifts from Paul shifts from a gardening analogy to a construction analogy, from a field to a building, you know? And the construction of any building begins with the foundation. And this laying a foundation requires time, requires effort, requires money, you know, in order for it to withstand storms. Jesus told us we should build on the rock. And that rock is obeying his word. That's what he says. So a trustworthy foundation is Jesus Christ. We all should look up to Jesus Christ. Again, to remain in the context of this text, we should not look on the individual people that God is using, but to see the Christ that has actually gifted and asked those people. It is important that Jesus is the true foundation. And I know, friends, some people, their foundation is a philosophy. People build their foundation on career, on family, on money, on status. Their foundation is on another person. People build their foundations. Everything rotates about their dreams, what they want to accomplish. And the true foundation is Jesus Christ. Everything else must be a conduit, must lead us to Jesus Christ. And so if what we are existing for ages Christ out, it is wrong living, it is wrong foundation. We should examine ourselves, you know. None of these is lasting. Only Christ is eternal. Only Jesus Christ is the firm foundation established by God through the gospel. And that is our work to do, to establish what is already built, Jesus Christ. And anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Praise the name of the Lord. Verses 12 to 15, they tell us how to build. We are told that, you know, as we build houses, we can use different materials. We can use wood, we can use hay, we can use straw. We, you know, some of those can endure extremely hard conditions. You know, uh, you may use gold, silver, and everything. However, the caution the caution in this passage, and listen carefully, cheap materials represent our natural, easygoing, comfort-seeking selves. It is the life of avoiding sacrifice, a life of compromise. When we build our Christian life on the foundation of easygoing, yeah, I am never disturbed, I pray for only one minute, uh, me, I just read one verse one week. Easygoing, it is compared to building a house with cheap materials. And when you build with cheap materials, listen, it is not going to be tested by small winds. It is not going to be tested by, you know, a simple breeze. Our work is going to be tested by fire. <laughs> so if your work, if your material you're using is paper and they bring fire, you will be left with ashes, nothing. You know, it, it will be, it will amount to zero. We have to sacrifice, we have to put in effort, we have to be diligent. That might call for your time, it will call for your resources. However, it is not in vain. There is a reward, hallelujah, both in this life and in the life to come. And then he concludes 
Don't you know, verse 16 and 17, that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred and you are that temple. Praise the Lord. You are that temple. So Paul has already talked about the Corinthian church being a field and a building. He now calls them, he calls us God's temple. God's temple is to do with God's holy dwelling. That because of the spirit of God within us, we are God's temple. That tells you how much you should be careful in our living. Because we are not just ourselves. We are God's temple. We need to identify ourselves and each other as God's holy people. Living lives that please God but also respecting others because they too are God's temple. Paul warns anyone who destroys and damages uh, or defiles God's temple that they will be punished. So this morning, if you are the kind that has paid no attention to God's temple, it's care, both physically and spiritually, you must repent. If there is anything that defiles God's temple, God's work is to be repented. Whether Paul or Apollos, he says in verse 22 and 23, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or the present, or the future, all are yours. And verse 23 says, and you are of Christ, and Christ is of God. Everything belongs to God, and does always thanks and praise to God. The solution for the divisions at the Church of Corinth the solution for every issue that we have in our Christian living here at All Saints Cathedral and in the entire body of Christ, friends, it is focusing on God, the true foundation. Giving thanks and praise for what he is doing rather than focusing on men and what they are doing. We have to be God-centered, not man-centered. God is the one working in us and through us for his glory and the advancement of his kingdom. So let's grow in Jesus and build our lives on him, the true foundation. That's true Christian living. That is the foundation for Christian living, growing in Jesus and building our lives on Jesus and not individuals, not our passions, but on Jesus. Let me invite us to reflect and pray. May God help us this morning, especially as we think about what our lives are founded on. And I just want to ask you meditatively, would you ask yourself that question? What is my foundation? What gives me joy? What helps me tick? What gives me purpose? Is it Jesus Christ? Or is it what I accomplish? Or maybe what women of God and men of God do? Is that what gives you purpose? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you come to church, for example? Why do you preach? Why do you serve? Why do you, why do, you do? Is it because without God you are nothing? Or it is just a sense of duty? It's just religion. 
Father, I pray in the name of Jesus this morning that you would remind, remind us one more time, Heavenly Father, that it's all about you. Lord, help us appreciate that it is for your own glory and not just our own praise. Help us, Heavenly Father, appreciate that we are co-workers and not competitors. Give us grace, even when our selfish nature pushes us towards wanting to take the praise, to take the attention, even when we are disturbed, when our opinions are not taken up. Help us appreciate that we are co-workers. We are in this together with other people that you have called. And some of them, Lord, will have different personalities from us. Some of them maybe will be strong-willed than us. Some of them will be slow in taking decisions, will be slow in doing things, but they are co-workers with us. We need them. Lord, you have called us together on this journey. And Lord, to help us every day, to be reminded that it is not in vain. Our labor, whether it is suffering, whether it is losing resources, our labor is not in vain. That you will reward us. Thank you, Lord, that the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. I pray, Lord, for people on this call that have, a, have had a sense of loss, they have put in a lot of resources, a lot of time, but maybe they have not seen tangibly what it is they are getting out of this. And maybe there are people who are mocking them and laughing at them, people who are asking them questions. For all the years you've gone to church, what have you received? Lord, I pray that the reward will come and it will not delay, both in this life and in the life to come. Yes, Lord. Thank you for the promise. Thank you for the encouragement that you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. And this morning I cry out to you for every person on this call that has given up, given in, given their all. They will reap a reward that will last forever. And every day to remind us that you are the true foundation. It's not what we do. It's not how we do it that is the foundation. It is not our giftedness, our uniqueness. It is you, Christ. And so help us build our lives on you, the true foundation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless amen. you, Catherine. Amen and amen, amen. Thank you, Reverend Gerard, for blessing us this morning. Members, I believe we have all been blessed. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we thank you for giving us the breakfast we have fed on spiritually, Father, using your child, Reverend Gerard. We pray that in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, as he has poured out himself, O oh Lord, my master, he has become a broken vessel. You have spoken to us through him. Father, may you pray, replenish him, O oh Lord, my master, as he poured out himself, O oh Lord, my master. Refill him, O oh Lord, my master. Prepare him, King of Kings, and his family, Lord, my master, that you, you, you will continue to be his right foundation 
the foundation of the ministry, foundation in his children, father, foundation in his marriage, foundation, father, that Lord, my master, you for, for what he has done to us today, the way you have, he has blessed us, father, you will protect his children, you protect his ministry, you protect his marriage, you protect them, eh, whatever he touches on, Lord, my master, that nothing will ever shake him, nothing will ever shake him as he is used with the ministry in the youth, Lord, my master, Lord, my master, nothing will ever shake him because the foundation is you and you alone, Lord. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we continue to pray that as Christians, Lord, help us to mature up. Help us to mature up, Lord, my master. Forgive us. We bring repentance where we have failed you, where we have uh, become weak, where quarrels are in, jealousness is still in. We are like these children that uh, were in Corinthians, Lord, my master, who were worldly. We think we know it. Our behavior is childish. You look at a Christian, the way we talk, the way we do our things. Father, we have messed up your name. We have ashamed your name. We bring repentance. We bring repentance. Children, bring repentance. For we have uh, acted in a mature way. We are so childish in our, the way we argue, the way we look at things, Father. The things of the spirit, we take them in the fresh, we perceive them in the fresh. Father, forgive us, King of Kings. Forgive us for ashaming your name. We are supposed to be Christians who are adults, but we are still Christians who are adult children, oh Lord, because of our behavior in our ministries that you have given us, the different gifts you have given us, Father. We have messed up the whole thing. We have ashamed your name, Father, forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, King of Kings, for you are the God who has the ability to mold us into what we are. You want us to be, Lord. Father, may you break each one of us, Lord. Broke down here, Lord. Break us, oh Lord, my master. Melt us, mold us, and feed us afresh that we may be the children who glorify your name. That, Lord, my master, where there is any crookedness, Lord, in our behavior, Lord, my master you put it right for the glory of your name for you are the right foundation lord for living is all about you and father when we when you had done with grooming us molding us into the vessels you want to you want us to be lord glory and honor will be yours father lord my master we shall use the gifts lord the gifts will glorify your name those you have gifted with prophecy lord will not contradict with the teachers, Lord. The teachers will not contradict with the evangelists, Lord. The evangelists will not contradict with pastors, Lord. The pastors will not contradict with the apostles, Father. Help us, King of Kings, Lord, to appreciate that you give each one of us the gifts according to your will, Lord, to prepare us to be better co-workers in your vineyard, Lord. It is your vineyard, Lord, my master. Help us, King of Kings, 
that we all know and appreciate that we need each other. There is no greater gift. There is no greater this. There is no, but Lord, it's all about you. You need all these gifts, Lord, grounded in you, O oh Lord, grounded on your foundation, not because of the books we have read, not because of the English we speak, not because of the positions we hold, but it is all about you, Lord. You gift us, Lord, to glorify your name. Lord, my master, how I pray for our church, Lord, my master that, Lord, you will continue to be a strong, strong foundation, Lord, my master, for the right living King of Kings as you continue to burst out revival in all saints, Cathedral, Lord, my master, that will this weird way of, of living, Father, will not stumble to your work, whoever stands on your way, Lord, Father, you will discipline as a father, and whoever is stiff naked, Lord, Father, no one can ever stand on your way, Help us, King of Kings, Lord, to be the children who are well-mannered, O oh Lord, who are well-groomed, that we will not fall because we have hurt ourselves on the rock of ages, Lord. Help us, King of Kings, that we will not meet, uh, miss any reward you have prepared for those who seek you earnestly, Lord. As we do your work, Father, we have seen that, Lord, whatever we do, Lord, whether we plant, whether we harvest, whether we weed, whether we spray, whatever we do, Lord, there is a reward as we seek you and seek you earnestly, Lord. Father, I pray that each one of us will seek you earnestly in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. For your word says, Lord, that when we seek you in a spirit and in truth, Father, indeed, Father, we shall see you, Lord. How I pray that, Lord, you help us, Lord, to be those vessels, to be those broken vessels, to be those stones, uh, precious stones that you are ready to use, grounded only in the word of God, that your name in our season, Lord, in our season, in our generation, they will say, yes, there is a reverend who lived, there is a, a Christian so and so who lived, and your works were, were, your works were seen because we did what we are supposed to do. Heaven loving Father, help each one of us here, Lord, to know whatever we do in our workplaces, whatever we do where you have placed us to, to do it as if we are doing it for you, not to please man. Help us, King of Kings, that whatever we do as co-workers, Lord, my master, for called for your service, it will be all about you, knowing that we are in God's field. There is nothing that he cannot see. Heavenly Father, help us. Even those that we think in our inner heart, Lord, let us help us, Lord, to think what is right, what is noble, any of glory, that you will be glorified, that our, our hearts, oh Lord, shall be altars that raise incense to you day and night, oh Lord my master, that is acceptable to you. Help us, Lord, to appreciate that we are still work in progress, Lord. We are built on your foundation, but it, we are still work in progress, Lord. As you correct us, Lord, Father, help us, Lord, to know that, Lord, 
you are the one who corrects us where we miss it as a as a builder oh lord my master you are the you are the one with the final architecture of your of your building lord help us lord we know that as we build lord whatever goes in a wrong way you break and build afresh help us know that whatever happens is not my mighty not by power but by spirit of the lord as he tell us in zachariah chapter 4 verse 6 to 7 lord that lord my master the foundation he has started in us even as the work you we have started doing lord we shall um, put the last capstone king of glory and whatever will happen it's not because of the books we hold not because of the anointing not because of the people we know but it is because of the power of the holy spirit working in us O oh lord my master Heaven having Father, how I pray that you weed us, O oh Lord, that the, the and prune us, Lord, that the gifts you have given each one of us according to your will, according to the abilities you see that we have, Lord, my master, may be used for your glory. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, oh, in this season, in this season, King of glory, our church, the temples, the, the people, uh, the physical and the spiritual temples, uh, the spiritual, uh, the spiritual and the physical bodies, Lord, plus the physical building, the cathedrals, Lord. Your glory will be seen, Lord. That our our cathedral, King of Glory, whoever steps in that compound, Lord, will be delivered, will be healed, whether the person has been prayed for or not, because it is laid on your foundation, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, is there anything difficult to? No, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, may all saints be burst out as the as the greater revival, Lord, uh, that we will sweep Uganda, sweep the nation, sweep Africa and the whole world as it happened from Rwanda, Lord, my master. As we cry unto you morning and night, morning, uh, midday, evening, uh, midnight, Lord, that our Christ, you, Father, will not be in vain in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Father, cleanse us, Lord. Whatever is the cheap material that we have brought to use, oh Lord, my master, may you wipe it away from our lives, Lord. Wipe it away. Take away pride. Take away experience. Take away familiarity, oh Lord, my master. Take it away because we shall fail, Lord, my master. This morning, because we have heard your word, may you strengthen us, King of glory, with the proper concrete, Lord, the concrete that is so pure, pure and gold, Lord, nothing other than the blood of Jesus, nothing other than the blood of Jesus. We call on your name this morning to, be, to build your temple on that strong foundation for the glory of your name. We thank you for this morning. We thank you for those who are able to log in today. We speak favor in this day, oh Lord. May whatever we touch be blessed in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. For our morning has started on the strong foundation. You are the foundation, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega. There is no God like you. In Jesus' mighty name, we believe and pray. Amen.